everybody. It's the guys here at A New Reformation. Um, we officially have Hannah on the podcast as a co-star, co-host, whatever, today. Hello, hello. Um, for those who don't know, Hannah is Ryan's wife. <laughs> yeah, I think we've covered that in the past few episodes. Just making sure. <laughs> Anyways, we have new theme music, which is awesome. We're going to start kind of branding ourselves with that. There'll be outro music as well. I'm going to go on so. the record saying I didn't vote for it. <laughs> I'm going to be on the record saying it's pretty sweet. Yeah, it is. written and recorded by Ryan. Yours truly. Yes. So no, there's The man no with the laptop. <laughs> the man with the laptop. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so anyways, I think today we're going to be talking about Christians and depression and or mental illness. Um, most of us here in the room have some sort of experience with that. So I'm going to give it to whoever wants to go first. <laughs> you guys need to play like any mini money or something? Pretty much. Yeah. Who goes first? Oh, <laughs> oh we all mean. We all just played nose goes and Hannah didn't get it, so Hannah starts. I never played that growing up, so I didn't I haven't been proven. You don't get to you don't get to of. call ignorance of the rules. <sighs> fine, 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 fine. Okay, um mental illness, yes. Um, since so I was ma- maybe just give a little, you know, <clears throat> backstory. Yeah, backstory. Then I'll give a backstory, kind of. That sounds good. Then, you know, just to start yeah. it off, just to show, you know, just talking and about our experiences and, and what we've gone through. That sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say it started about when I was sixteen years old. I wasn't really aware, um, kind of what the term mental illness meant. Um, but I was having a lot of problems, just kind of feeling really, really down. Um, and it kind of branched off into a period of time where I was, um, cutting my legs just kind of to relieve something that I didn't really understand, um, kind of this sadness, what it entailed because I couldn't really release it emotionally other than crying, which really didn't do anything for me. Um, but yeah, and I didn't really tell anybody because I felt kind of, ashamed of it because it really wasn't something that you showed on the outside and so I assumed that in private that meant that I was doing something I shouldn't be doing and I was scared what would happen um yeah was I the first person you told about that actually yes I thought so you were the first person I kind of opened up to and explained some of that um and it got a little better um because I stopped cutting but the Feelings of sadness kept going, but they were always kind of in combination with these moments of, um, I really don't know what I would call them. They were just, you know, really, really good moments. I would usually crash after feeling really, really happy, um, really, really excited about something, particularly traveling, or after I would hang out with friends and just get really kind of hyped up. Um, and I recently found out that that is probably because, and this came from a doctor, um, I'm probably bipolar type 2 to be particular, which um, there's a lot more depressive episodes and your upswings are pretty pretty small. They're usually described as kind of feeling like you have a really good caffeine buzz. You're just, you know, all in it. Um, but yeah, so... From then till now, I never really went to a doctor. Um, I talked a little bit about it to my parents, but it was one of those things that I kind of just minimized the issues it was just so it didn't make a big deal out of it. Um, But yeah, now I'm kind of just learning to open up to people about it and not kind of carry this stigma around myth with me, but kind of just transcend it and be like, you know what, I'm just going to be completely open about this because 
as human beings, we are all super messed up and it really is hard to do it on your own, so don't. And that's just kind of my story. Ben? Uh, we'll just go around the table this way. Yeah. <laughs> Counterclockwise so, for those of you who can't see us. <laughs> yeah. Big difference. So I've got a, lots of years of history of depression. It all starting off with uh, my mother passing away from breast cancer in 2010. And just a little history. Um, I was really close to my mom. You know, mama's boy, all that fun stuff. Ben was and, quite the mama's boy. Yeah. It was great. And, uh... It's because you know, your dad's a d That's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, anyways, so... Once when I found out she got diagnosed is when I first started feeling, you know... You know, I've never been this sad before. I didn't really know what it was at the time, because I was, I think, was like, 14, 15, somewhere around there. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And, like... I, some days I'd be so sad that I couldn't even look at her. Like, I refused to look at her, especially when she had to get her all of her hair cut off and her mm. breasts, you know, removed. Like, it got to the point where I got so sad from just looking at her because I felt bad for her. And now looking back, you know, that was the start of my depression. So she had really hard, short-fought uh, term with cancer. She got diagnosed and passed away within 18 months and it kind of takes a toll when you're young because mm -hmm. you know like your whole world is, like, is your parents yeah especially and, your mom <laughs> yeah so it's kind of like oh that's a shot below the belt and you know for a while i questioned god and all that stuff and you know i'm the type of guy that even if i'm happy sad or whatever i always try to make others happy and seem like i'm happy when most of those times for a lot of years, I wasn't happy inside. So after battling with off and on for a couple of years, you know, I got really involved with the church and all this stuff. And all I can remember is that they said you cannot be depressed and be saved. So I tried convincing myself, you know, I'm not depressed. I'm not depressed. I'm not sad because I have God. I was depressed. I can honestly look back and say that. And so, long story short, good to try to condense this. So back in 2014, I got to the point where I really wanted to kill myself. So looking back on some family history of suicide, I thought, you know, people, a lot of people, you know, especially my family, close family, would hate me for always whenever they thought back of me if I decided to kill myself. So I came up with this story that, you know, I told everybody I had cancer. And it was believable because uh, as a young kid, and for lots of years, I've struggled with really bad migraines. So once, you know, I was 18, and I'm just like, I told, start telling everybody, hey, I have cancer, I have cancer, I'm going to die and all this stuff. And faked medical documents and all that stuff, showing people. And Am I an asshole for calling bull for the first time you ever said that? For what? Am I an asshole for calling bullshit? When no, you first you were... started telling people that, I was like, he is totally, <laughs> he is totally right now to get attention. Yeah, he was spot on. But, like, I didn't confide in anybody about my depression because you're not saved if you're depressed. And I couldn't tell anybody because I was too scared to say anything. So anyways, after a couple months, you know... Uh, people telling me this and that. I just got to the point where, like, I'm going to do it. 
So I bought a shotgun and like literally I pulled the trigger and what do you know? It was a bad shotgun shell, dud shell. I'm like, well, that's a sign. <laughs> so I'm just like, you know, I'm like, so what now? Because I didn't plan what was going to happen. I'm just like lost in life because I had no plans for anything. I gave up on everything. I'm like, what am I going to do now? And honestly, I've been trying to pick up the pieces of my life ever since for a couple years now. And it's hard because I still fight with depression a lot. And, you know, I, I hate myself for what I did. And that makes me depressed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that never-ending cycle. Yeah, and like, I just, feel depressed because I was depressed, so I feel depressed again. Yeah. I mean, just thinking back, you know, like it makes me depressed that I did that, and I did that out of depression. So I'm just like, there's just this big cycle, and I'm still trying to mend bridges that you know I broke. And a lot of people, a lot of people, completely hate me for a total understandable reason. But like, I hated you for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I knew you were bullshit. And I, and I yeah. called you out on it like three or four times, and you stuck to your guns, and I was like, "Fine, fuck you too." Yeah, and it it sucks. Then, so moving on, I've started to pick up the pieces of my life, yada yada yada. Then I get what this, at the time, really amazing girl, and oh, he's going know, things, there. Things were going well, and. We moved in with each other, yada, 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 got engaged, yada, yada, yada. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, hey, we're done. We were living together, had all these big plans, all this stuff, all this furniture together, house together, done. And what do you know, back into depression. And I was out of depression for a couple months, and I was feeling really happy, and I'm like, nope, back into the pit again. And ever since that couple things happened that I'm not really going to mention on this because it's, yeah, story for another day. Anyways, so I sunk into the depression with that again, except the cumulative of what I did in the past and this got me kind of addicted on alcohol. And so, like, I've been struggling with being an alcoholic since October and it's mid-February now and it's been really tough because you know i drink to numb my mind and that's how you're supposed to get through depression you're, you gotta numb your mind and get better until things heal and what do you know alcohol only lasts for a couple hours so you do it get to the point where you're drinking a fifth a day trying to ease your pain and it doesn't help that's why the next day you do the same cycle over and over and over plus hangovers are a yeah. <laughs> Sometimes well, any feeling other than that is That's true. A that's true. Plus, Even a hangover's like, oh, this feels so much better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's it's hard because I still struggle with it. And I've been trying to get myself off of it. And it's kind of like, you know, I've been doing good. Then it's like, no, I need a drink. I drink, get drunk. Then I feel good for a couple of days. In the same cycle, I start to feel, you know, down on myself, depressed, get really irritable, and don't want to do anything. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to get drunk again. So that's my story to now these days. Short version. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Cody? Well, 
I guess I'm, I gotta start off by saying I'm glad to say I haven't really gone as far as these guys have in their depression. I'm not saying I'm not depressed, but but I do get depressed sometimes. Don't be a dick. <laughs> I'm trying to get you to the like the perfect spot to hold that mic. I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm trying oh, to get you to hold you it. You stopped it. Cool. Wait, did no, you? No, I didn't. No, we're still recording. <laughs> that sound stopped. What? A, I, it was probably the refrigerator. He's trying to get me to find his G spot. <laughs> oh. We for there. the microphone? Yeah, you got to touch it just right to get it to work for yeah. you. Yeah. Okay, I think you're fine there. Okay. So, as I was saying, Ryan. You can just cut it I'm not going to cut it out. This is fun. I haven't been as far as Hannah and Ben have, but I do get depressed sometimes. And I guess the main issue I want to start off with is how Christians tend to basically discourage people who are depressed even more. Because when people are depressed, you don't want to go to somebody for help. You look for other things. When I get depressed, I turn to energy drinks. When I was working at Safeway, I was up to four or five a day. Holy oh, Yeah. You need energy. You well, don't. No, I know. When I get depressed, I get lethargic. I just want to sit around all day and yeah. play video games. Sit there. <laughs> no, I don't even play video games. I just like sit there and Lack stare. Of so I need an energy drink to get me going. And so I was on four or five, like, NOS and Monster and stuff like that. I remember those days. And, yeah, I'm surprised I didn't die. But glad I didn't. You have a strong but, heart. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like but, a really Christian thing to say. You have such a strong heart, Cody. Yeah, all those chemicals can't get me. <laughs> but my parents, my parents signed me up for a... Um, counseling wait they did yeah when was this um you moved away when we were in alaska right yeah okay and then y'all followed me like a month after i think you were around but (laughs) i can't remember if you were or not but that doesn't sound familiar so it was probably after you left because i was only there for no no i remember that because they made you seem as yeah i'm gonna bleep that but yeah but when I went there, you know, it was about me being depressed because my parents saw that I was lethargic just sitting around all day. and they So they thought I was depressed. So they took me there and basically... Mom does have a psych major, so... <laughs> but every... That, I'm not saying they were wrong, but I'm saying the counselor was wrong because every session we went into, she always led around to the same point. It's that my heart's not right with God. Mm. And it was like... Okay, well then show me how to get better. But Read wanted. your Bible and pray every day. It, Read was, your it wasn't Bible, making me getting, get any better, you know. Just telling me, oh yeah, you're sinning right now, you know. You gotta be happy. You gotta be joyful, you know. You can't be depressed at all. And it was just kind of hard because it made me... It was one of the things that led to my step away from Christianity back then. Luckily, I'm back now, so you're always <laughs> stuck with me. Hoorah! <laughs> I get that, though. I had a I had a period of time where I just I didn't feel close with God, and so I just doubted the in, yeah the entirety of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember that because was... I was like, my 
I can't tell my parents this because they're not going to let me marry her if if I tell them this. Um, it was rough. Not reaching out causes some of the worst problems because then you're not, I don't know. Being open about it and reaching out really helps um, speed along the process sometimes. Yeah. I can attest to that. As seen by, yeah, five plus years of me before I'm finally going and reaching out. Well, that kind of leads me to the point I was trying to make. It seems like Christians don't let people who are depressed go and open up to them because they're just going to be met with condemnation Mm -hmm. and judgment. And when people are depressed, they need to open up so they can start to work through it. But Christians don't allow that because depressed people feel shame on themselves. You know, they hate themselves. That's why they're depressed sometimes or they hate themselves you know and then when a christian they try to open up to somebody a christian friend and they're like yeah well you're a sinner what you're doing is a sin you know you're wrong it makes them want to just go back to where they were and not open up and i feel like it's more damaging to them if you cause them to crawl back inside themselves and just hold it all inside and not open up about it yeah, absolutely. So my experience is I've never really struggled with depression, although I have definitely had times in my life where I have been depressed. Um, in high school, when we first started going to a certain church in Alaska, the youth group environment was really, really, really awful. And I, what are you laughing at? I'm laughing about the youth group. Yeah, the youth group environment was really, really awful compared to the one I came out of. And it was really hard to get used to. And at times it was incredibly depressing because it felt like nobody, nobody listened to what I had to say. I was the kid from Louisiana who listened to punk rock and anything that wasn't, I listened, I didn't listen to anything softer than Chris Tomlin. Nobody, I, (laughs) I listened to Demon Hunter. The kids at that youth group were the nerds. They didn't listen to anything harder than Chris Tomlin. If they even listened to Chris Tomlin because contemporary music was like pushing it itself. Um, and so it was hard not getting, not not having any really good friends there, not having anybody who listened to me, who understood me. And so there were times I was just like, this this sucks. I hate this place. I hate this church. I hate this youth group. I hate this state. And I remember one time, I want to say I was 14, maybe 15, um, I, I tried hanging myself in my closet with a scarf because I just hated it. I hated nobody listening to me. I hated nobody listening to what I had to say because, you know, I related more to the heavy music and nobody would, nobody would give me the time of day because heavy music was something we don't do here. And... The uh, the crossbeam in my closet where I would hang my clothes on wouldn't support my weight because I'm a fat <laughs> And so it didn't work. That and I may be short, but I'm not short enough to hang myself from a closet, from a closet crossbeam. Um, this is the f- first time I've ever told anybody about that publicly. I've never told my parents this. I don't even think you told me this. I, I may have told Hannah this once or twice. I think I may have told Cody... I know I definitely told Samuel at least once. You didn't tell me. 
I'm sorry. I've heard I thought it. I did. You, I, you've told me before that you've tried to commit suicide, but I've never heard details. And that was, yeah, that was it. Tears. <laughs> um, so that, I, so I that imagine Ben's, all of us are going to start crying. At I some cried point. through Ben's so, testimony. So that was it. I mean, I've never. I, I can't say I have struggled with depression nearly as much as my wife and as Ben have. But there have certainly been times where I have been just like, "Fuck this all. I I hate this." This, it was certainly depressed times, and I don't think, I don't think that um, gives them any less meaning just because I don't struggle with it continually. I have certainly had periods where I have been depressed, and it, it sucks that m the majority of people in the church don't take that seriously. Yeah, it's sometimes hard to, it's really hard to fathom that some people who struggle a lot with depression, you know, they're up all night, and the little sleep they do get, they wake up, they're like... I am an insomniac probably because of that. I remember my yeah. insomnia, and my insomnia started when I was in high school during during those periods of my life, and it still sticks with me. Yeah. And so I don't know if it's... It's probably something I should see a doctor for, but... Yeah. <laughs> the hard part with me is when I get through my spells, it's... Uh, I sometimes go days without sleep. Sometimes I sleep one, two hours. Sometimes, you know, it's four but that's another reason why I turned to alcohol, because you get drunk. Alcohol helps you go to sleep. You pass out. And, you know, just when you're depressed and you're trying to numb yourself with alcohol, you wake up and you feel like, you know, there's a monster in the bed next to you. And I've woken up so many times just feeling like there's no redemption from this. And it's hard. Which is completely untrue. Yeah. And um, so that's going to lead us in... All of these stories are going to lead us into our bigger discussion point for today is how Christians have, can, should, shouldn't react to other Christians who suffer from depression or other mental illnesses or, or anything like that that's stigmatized by both the wider culture and the church community. Mental illness is still stigmatized in the wider culture, which means it's going to be a lot worse in the Christian community. Because if it's already stigmatized in the outside world, the church is just unfortunately going to make it worse because they don't, A, either understand it, or B, they don't think you it can exist. I remember um, people in my church saying that Christians cannot get mental illness because mental illness is demonic oppression. And if a, if a believer is indwelt with the Holy Spirit, they cannot face demonic oppression. And I'm like, that's not how mental sickness works. That's not how any of this works. Certainly, there are cases where a certain mental disorder can be caused by a demon or demonic oppression. But the majority of the time, that's not what it is. The majority of the time, it is a... It is a result of the fallen human state. We get sick. We get colds. We break our arms. We get the flu. There is no reason why a mental illness cannot fall under the, the hood of physical ailments. Your brain is most likely messed up in certain cases. Yeah, like something, chemical something imbalances. Is, yeah, stuff. chemical imbalances and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. It, is, it is almost, I want to say, say almost never a demonic oppression. And yeah. so so to approach it from the Christians can't get this is you're 
utterly, excuse my language, fucking horse. Yeah, it's 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 you you're not even you're dismissing the problem before you're even dealing with it. Christians can't get mental illness, therefore we don't have to talk about it. That's, case in point. That's kind of like saying, you know, someone with Down syndrome can't be saved. You know, they can't be. A I hate that. Because yeah. they, you know, just because they have an extra chromosome or whatever doesn't mean that they're any different from you or me. I think it really depends on what church you come from because I've never come up <laughs> against that someone with Down syndrome can't be saved. I've never heard that in my entire I've life. I've never heard that before, well, too. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just using that as an example. Yeah. Because I've heard it a couple of times. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Ma- mainly because I think people get that because of the mental they can't fully understand. And you know what? Shut the f*** up. Oh, you know what? That's what's so great about the gospel. You need to know The gospel one thing. is simple. God sent his son, and he died for your sins, and you can be saved through him. That is all you need to know. Five-year-olds accept this. Five-year-olds accept this. Jesus says, um, if you have faith like that of a child, I I don't want to throw anybody under the bus here, but generally the intelligence level of an adult with Down syndrome is normally that of a child just because of, you know, that, that physical impairment. The gospel is easy enough that a five-year-old can take it and say, yes, I believe in Jesus. You don't always take them at their word because they're five years old. But a five-year-old can absolutely believe in Jesus. It is, it is simple enough that the gospel is, can save. Can save. Yeah, it is as, so simple. As long as you can distinguish between wrong and right, and pretty much everybody knows that. No matter how mentally handicapped you are, you can understand rotten, wrong and right. See, and that leads into the other thing is at the, this very same church that said Christians couldn't get mental illness because it's demonic oppression had older people in the church who were starting to get into the early stages of dementia and Alzheimer's. Okay, so you respond to those people how? Old people get Alzheimer's. That's It's just... It's just a thing. It's not a demonic oppression that you start losing your memory. No, it is. It is a natural decay of, re- the, mind. Decay of the mind. Yeah. Your your body dies. It decays. So of course your brain is going to decay along with it. And when you start messing with the brain, a lot of fucked up shit happens. You know. But again, yeah, it really depends on what church you go to. When I um was talking to my parents about possibly being bipolar, just kind of tests and stuff. And I was talking about the stigma of being depressed and you can't be a Christian. My parents were very shocked. They've never heard that before. And it might just depend on the type of church community. It might just depend on the particular church. I don't think that it's fair to generalize and say Christians in general don't think it's okay. Um, yeah, I agree it, with that. But it's one of those things that, yeah, is a little more difficult to understand because it's not something you can see. The physical symptoms aren't as tangible. No, not at all. Um, and so it is a little harder. Other than, like, I'm, I'm over here with a stuffy nose. <laughs> it, it is a <laughs> you little can harder, tell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But something Ben said really, really stuck out, um, waking up with the monster in bed next to you but sometimes you know he kind of realized the monster i'm pretty sure he was yourself. talking about his fiance there but oh. ex-fiance there oh. <laughs> shots he fired there. shots fired he went there and he ain't coming i had back. to go there she is a monster no but sometimes you wake up and you realize that it's not next to you it is 
It is you. You, and, and you don't know how to deal with it or approach it when you feel like the demons you're fighting aren't from the outside, but they are inside you and your battle is an internal one, which is, I think, one of the reasons a lot of people, um, um, Christians specifically, say um, that, you know, you can't be saved. Or a lot of people will say that you're being selfish um, because there's so much wrong in the world that you could otherwise be, be concerned about against, but instead you're focusing on yourself and that was something that i believed for a very long time that i was one being a drama queen because i would be really happy and then i'd be really sad um or i thought that i was just yeah i was being selfish i was i i felt like i i feel like i have the emotional um capacity of a toddler i'm happy one minute and then i'm crying the next and yeah. i feel I feel weak and vulnerable and less of a person, but yeah, it's not true. And that's kind of some of the uh, areas that I struggle in with the, the church I went to because it was always, uh, I was discouraged or I felt discouraged because nobody physically saw me sad, depressed, or tired because one, I was a full-time college student, more than full-time. I was doing over 20 credits per quarter. So I was keeping myself busy with that. I, was I serving, remember that. I was serving in three or four different areas of church every week. So I was at church three or four days a week for hours on end. And everybody's like, oh, you know, he's good, you know. But deep down inside, I knew I couldn't admit or say, you know, I'm depressed because... I just kept myself busy because I thought doing that, going to church frequently would get me out of it. And honestly, it never did. So I, you know, honestly, it took me when, you know, I had to come out with what I did because, you know, the guilt was just overbearing on me. I had to go and step away from Christianity. I stepped away for almost two years. I remember. And, uh. I remember living yeah. with you. I remember I remember the Sunday you stopped. You were like, I'm done. Yeah. I remember that Sunday. And I think it was because you vaped. Well, not vaped, but you had that e-cig. I don't remember. but It like, was when we lived at the Montgomery house, and you were finally sick of everybody. Oh, yeah. I was sick of everybody getting on me because... They're like, oh, this is a gray area, but we're not okay with this, so you need to stop. I'm like, but I feel it's okay. So, like, enough was enough, and I'm like, I'm done. So, I had to step away from everything, from children's ministries, from worship team, from... Wow, that's a weird picture. <laughs> I'm totally off. Okay. It is a picture. Okay. Get off of my Facebook, Hannah. This doesn't help with the depression. I don't yeah. even look at that. Hannah's Holy looking at Facebook, and we stumbled it. across yeah. a uh, pretty no, uh, no, no. funny picture of my dad at a wedding. It's hilarious. Okay. But moving on, back so, to what Ben was saying. You know, I had to step away from it all. You know, I was involved in children's ministry. I was very involved in children's ministry, doing a bunch of camps with a bunch of different missions, including the church. Had to step away from a worship team in several different areas, you know, like kids group, uh, high school group, and main church. And uh, it's because when, you know, stuff started coming out, people are like, oh, 
So you need to do X, Y, and Z in order for us to even to reconsider you, you know, coming back to the church. I'm just like, yeah, but you guys kind of drove me to do this because I felt like I wasn't able to share this with anyone, not even my dad or my mm. brother or my sister, because I felt so discouraged from saying anything that I thought killing myself was going to be the only way. And you guys can't see that. So I pretty much just said, F off and left. And it got to the point where, you know, uh, some of the pastors literally started stalking me. Being like, oh, you need to do this. I remember that. You need to do this. You need to do that. Oh, you need to do this. Oh, we're going to send you these letters and public shame you for this stuff because I you're not a the Christian. Letters. I remember the letters. I'm just like, isn't Christ's love, you know, about, you know, helping one each other instead of when someone finally admits he's been struggling and did something really wrong instead of stepping alongside and being like, hey, let's talk about this. Instead, it's you need to do X, Y, and Z, you know, and all these different steps. I'm just like, this is stupid. So I walked away, you know, I got with, you know, my now ex-fiance and mm -hmm. like I, it took me doing that to be able to now openly admit, you know, I, I have a problem with alcohol. You know, I could openly admit, you know, talking about what I did, the mistakes I made, I could openly talk about you know, watching porn all the time. I can openly talk about, you know, I swear like a sailor. A lot. <laughs> and, like... We don't necessarily believe that's a sin, but moving on. That's a... To each his own. Yes. That's an issue for another day. Yeah. We'll do another episode for on that people, sometime. It, I'm, I'm just saying, the way you said that made it sound like, like... I feel like, honestly, through this all, and through being able to admit this all, because I stepped away from from Christianity, I feel that I'm actually getting closer to God than I ever was before. Because, you know, my group of friends right here stuck through it all. I know, and they're like the best people on earth, basically my family. Away from Straight yeah. out. It's okay, Ben, I knew that already. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it, it just took a lot, and I have a, you know, there's, some churches aren't like this, like the ones I went, the one I went to. Some are, so I'm not saying every church is like this, but I'm just, it just. The church it, Hannah and I go to is really good um, about that. If Hannah want to talk, wants to talk about the email she sent our pastor. Sure, yeah, no, I, I love the church. We're currently going to Fourth Memorial. The people there, the staff there, the pastor, they're all so, I think, kind and you know, Christ-like. Um, but yeah, I was just kind of curious what um, our pastor thought of depression, just kind of thought to um, kind of extend an email and see what he thought um, concerning depression and kind of medication. And <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't ignore it. Ben was trying to pet my cat, and she was just like, screw you! No, no. <laughs> she wants to be on the table with everybody, but we have so many cables here, it's hilarious. And she almost ripped out my cable. <laughs> it made a big old pop in my ear, and that was not favorable. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, I bet she's not the only with your Oh my god, Cody. I'm pretty sure you guys should bleep out like this entire section. <laughs> that particular section, yes. I'm going to just not leave any word in there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but moving on. I mean, it is true. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I sent uh, sent an email out to our pastor, um, just kind of asking 
given his look at scripture and his interpretation, kind of what he thinks of depression. And I just kind of opened up a little bit and it was, um, the email I got back was very refreshing. He was just kind of talking about um, the church that he had been to before this one. Um, a good majority of its um, occupants were on antidepressants because you know this is a real issue in a real time where both mind and body not eternal both mind and body are frail and human and prone to the sickness and the diseases and it was really really nice just to be told that you know it's okay god doesn't hate you for this he doesn't look down on you for this he wants to comfort you through this um, and it was, it was really, really good. I love, I love our, our current church and, um, and yeah, it was really, really nice. And, uh, just something that, you know, I've been wrestling with is actually going into the doctor and talking about, you know, what's kind of been going on with me because I'm scared I'm going to go in and, Found out I might be bipolar. Thanks. I, I, well, Thanks a lot. Well, like that's like that would be awful. Thanks. I'm just scared of it. Like no. deep down, it's like you know I'm scared. Like I don't know how else to describe it. I'm really scared. And like I already know I'm a really bad compulsive liar, even though I'm horrible at it. Yeah, I still, you are I still a do it. Liar. Doesn't and like, mean you have to be good at it to be a compulsive. Yeah, player. no, but yeah, Ben's Ben's really bad. Yeah, or like, was I? I think he's Ben's gotten a lot better. I've gotten a lot over I still, the last two years. I remember that lying or not lying. <laughs> <laughs> he's Sorry. not a better ben, liar. Ben, no, <laughs> just wanted yeah, to make I, this clear. I, said, I suppose I should Are clarify. Are you sure we can believe that, Ben? <laughs> Are you really a better liar? <laughs> I suppose I should clarify. Ben has gotten a lot better at not lying as much as he used to that i that i know of anyway yeah and the um, reason why is because i stepped away from christianity what are you saying that you can well no but that I being away a, from Christ, christianity I, means you don't lie anymore well no i had to take a step back to realize <laughs> you know i need to find my own peace with god before you know i go back to a church and mm -hmm. start talking about this stuff because like i said Okay, I, so so you mean go. you mean you stepped away from institutional Christianity? Yeah, there's okay. a difference between there's, stepping there's, away from the church. I was going to say yeah. there's a difference between stepping away from church and calling it Christianity versus stepping away from your faith entirely. Yeah, yeah. And that's... so I su I suppose we should clarify those previous statements that when when we say we step away from Christianity, we're like we we get disillusioned with the church and we stop going for a yeah, while. Yeah, I didn't go for almost two years, and uh, like you know, honestly, I'm scared of going in and being like hey here's some antidepressants or here's some th this other medication because i know i will get addicted to it because i have a very addictive personality and i just can't help it like you know i'm like oh this makes me feel better i'm gonna keep doing it mm -hmm. and it's why i cannot stop drinking alcohol it's it's hard um there are some addicts in my immediate, uh, my extended family, sorry. In my extended family, there's a kind of a history, which Well, honestly, okay, you have some addicts in your immediate family. Your sister is addicted 
to cotton candy. Oh my, okay. <laughs> okay, that's true. Is that the name of the new street drug? <laughs> it's oh, called no. cotton candy. Yeah, cotton no. Candy. It's like ecstasy, well, but it's better because it's cause cotton it, candy. Just it's like just Mike and sugar. Bikes. It's perfect. No, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I'm pretty sure that the majority of people's extended family has addiction problems that just that's another thing about being human addiction feels good because you know we we cling on to something that makes us feel good um but my goodness where was that going with that you were talking about um addiction in your extended family Oh, yes, antidepressants. Um, my family's always been really, really um, nervous about going to the doctors and being prescribed anything because of the family history. Um, and so I always have gone into every doctor's office being like, okay, whatever they are going to try to give me, I'm not going to do it. I, kind, I still kind of have this paranoia that the pharmaceutical companies and doctors are kind of in it together to just get us all sick, but... It's, it's Hashtag it's, vote for Bernie. It's, it's true, though. No, the, vote for Trump. The pharmaceutical companies get so much money off these drugs that don't actually really help anybody, and they have to take all these other drugs to make it normal again, and it's insane. Um, you just have to find a good doctor. Yeah. You really do. I'm going to this one doc, uh, the doctor I'm going to says they really don't want to prescribe anything unless one, absolutely necessary, and two, when they know 100% what it is. Because if you are described antidepressants and you're bipolar, it makes it worse. Yeah. Which is why I'm really glad when I came in, first thinking it was just ordinary depression, that they didn't just like hand me a bunch of pills and was like, this will solve your problem. Yeah. But they really followed through with me. And that just means having a lot of courage and finding the right doctor and just yeah and that that's kind of that's part of the reason why i'm scared because i know i will cave in and be like this is going to make me feel better so and so you'll down your entire depressant bottle in whatever double, double triple the dose and have be like, a friend go with you if you need a friend to go with you to the doctor Hannah and I will take time him. off of we work do and it. we will we'll come down to you. Lewiston. We'll be like, we are his support. We are here to make sure that it is for your best interest. I might have to take you up on that. You have, <laughs> you have people clearly, who care Han- about you. Clearly Hannah has bigger balls than I do. <laughs> and I, you know, she I She probably in, has bigger ass too. Whoa. I, have, I work in a very whoa. manly place and I can honestly say she probably has bigger balls than I do. Oh, thanks, Ben. <laughs> best compliment. <laughs> got it, baby. That was Please a little weird. Don't ever call me yeah. baby. <laughs> oh come on! That was a little weird. That was a little weird. That's my uh, wife, dude. Oh my gosh! No. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, the entire topic of depression, when coming at it from a Christian purpose perspective, too, should be meted, should be met with. <laughs> Meated. Meated. We's homeschooled. <laughs> All true. of us in this room were homeschooled. That's Holy crap. always the joke, yeah. though. Yeah. Jeez. I ain't so got funny. no book learning. So if we sound dumb, that's why. Yeah, I got my education. <laughs> it's not because we're Christians. It's because we're homeschooled. If we can't cite our sources, it's because we've been told our whole lives that we're right just because. Just because we're Christians. <laughs> Christians are right because the Bible says so. We don't need to cite our sources. And we're homeschooled. <laughs> um, so anyways, when discussing um, how the Bible relates to issues of depression, one needs to really um, look at the Psalms 
David struggled with depression. A handful of the other psalm writers struggled with depression. There are several psalms that are specifically written from a depressed standpoint, and so you can't really say that depression is not something that a Christian or a, f- a child of God can struggle with because they obviously do. I, I, don't, I don't know where this comes from. It's people who, who, who say that followers of God can't be depressed or struggle with depression, and it's like, have you read the f-ing Psalms? There is so much material there from a depressed perspective that it's, you can't, there, if anything, there is more biblical support for Christians struggling with depression than for Christians struggling with the flu. There is more biblical support for that. Yeah, I, it's hard. I would say that it's kind of an American Christianity cultural thing because we live in this world where everything is so pleasing and we're so blessed with all of these things um, that we, we feel, I'm sorry, yeah, I know the word blessed, um, but we, we feel like we have nothing to be sad about when, I mean, surrounded in a world of material things, which, by the way, is not going to make you happy at all. Uh, but Joel Osteen says that they do. It's but not. I've never seen a sad person on a jet ski. <laughs> It'll make you happy. It will make you joyful. To an extent, mm. I think that a rich person could definitely, because again, depression, for the most part, I mean, I know sometimes it's just a, a, um, a state in your life where you're going through a really difficult period of time, but there are a lot of people who struggle with um, depression and bipolar disorder, um, where it is And a, a lot of other things like schizophrenia or, you know, dissociative identity disorder. It's there a are- chemical imbalance in your brain. You have really no control over it. I mean, there should be a point where you have to accept the things you've done because if I am bipolar, um, it really brings to light a lot of issues I've had with people when I've, um, particularly with this one roommate of mine that I yelled at and called a lot of really, really nasty names. And I feel very, I feel really bad about it and really ashamed of it. And it was honestly probably my bipolar, um, acting up, but it's something that I have to take responsibility for. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's one of those things that you have to realize is not always your current state it's not what you have it's not who you're around um although those things can trigger it it's something chemically that's often imbalancing um and that's wrong and actually unfortunately like to sort of completely change the topic something i was thinking about recently um on bunny rabbit trail time bunny rabbit trail sort of it's sort of it's actually Ben, like, I'm sorry, but that is going to be a running joke in every episode from now on. <laughs> it, it, it works with this. Um, on the subject of suicide, um, when I struggled with um, suicidal thoughts, and I mean, that's one of the things that has never really kind of gone away, is during my depressive periods, I kind of get these moments where I feel suicidal. Um, and it took me a really long time to realize that initially, suicidal thoughts are not a sin. They are a temptation. And it's only when you let yourself dwell on them and think through them that they become um, that mental sin that you're committing when you're kind of entertaining it and really kind of thriving off the energy it gives you to finally do and, you know, act on something completely wrong. But those initial feelings when it just pops into your head and you really can't help it, that is 
a temptation. That is, if you want to get really spiritual mm -hmm. about it, that is Satan just kind of whispering, you know what would be so much easier right now? Just take your life. Is to just, you know what? Be just done. Be done. Be done with it. Because you know what? Your family will bounce back. Your husband will be better, be better off not needing to deal with this emotional stress. That's bullshit. Being up and down, <laughs> but it's these lies that you get whispered to, and that you know just kind of spark that idea in your head. But when you put them aside, they are only temptations. They are not a sin themselves, and that was something really redeeming for me. That's was, a good point. Was to be like, you know what? This is this is not a sin. This is a struggle. But this is not something that I need to. capture me but this is something that I need to run past into the arms of God and to people that care about me so that I can overcome this not just on my own but with others yeah it's not a sin to be tempted for something like that because Jesus was tempted you know I, I don't think, think he was tempted to commit suicide per se no, but I'm sure but, he was although I bet you near the end as he was about to get crucified, he was probably thinking about it. He was like, you to know what? the pain. No, yeah. yeah. If, if, I just, if I just, you know, commit suicide right now, I don't have to go get whipped. I don't have to go die on the cross. I don't know. I'm not saying for certain that he did. I don't Believe know if me. I would I'm go not, so I'm not far. saying that he, I'm not saying without any doubt that he, he did. But I'm saying from a human perspective, that would certainly cross my mind. If I knew I was about to go get scourged and crucified and spit on, and mocked, you know what? I would probably take a knife and I would just get it done the easy way. That that would cross my mind. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it I would wouldn't... be so much less painful to just be like, okay, I don't have to deal with the ridicule. I don't have to deal with chunks of flesh being ripped out of my back. Yeah, I wouldn't go so far as to say that he was like thinking that actively. No, but me I would, either. But me I would, either. I, it would, but it would not surprise me if he did. It would not surprise me if that was being whispered to him. I think there's no. a difference between dwelling on it yourself. That's true. And kind of it being just kind of subconsciously just like popping into your head. Because that's, it's it's always really hard to know the balance between, okay, spiritual forces outside, depending on how, how charismatic you are about <laughs> it, spiritual forces outside telling you things and it coming from within because we are inherently sinful people. Mm -hmm. um, so it's always hard to kind of know that balance without it coming across as a little fruit loopy. Um, but, but yeah. Christians can certainly be, be, um, victim of demonic oppression of the Absolutely. demon whispering, you should do this. This is what you need to do. Or sometimes it is your brain not operating correctly. That's like, you know what we should do right now? Sometimes, Just sometimes it's your brain and sometimes it, it could very well be a demon going, Hey, you know what would totally be the ultimate F you to God? If you did this, this is your life. You get to decide what to do with it. He doesn't. He's the one making your life miserable right now. He's the one who puts you here. He's the one ruining your life. And that's not true. But so many people think that. You all believe how many times that went through my head. I'm tearing up right now <laughs> thinking that because I've thought it. God put me here. He's the one f***ing me over right now. God's making my life difficult. God put me in a church that treats me like God 
And it's... But... And that's human. Yeah, for sure. Because... That's just safe. As, yeah, well, yeah, but I, I'm saying humans have this... Humans have the innate tendency to rebel against God, to hate God. And so when s- stuff like that takes over, it's it's normal. It is normal for you to question God. It is normal for you to hate God. And as a Christian, what you have to do is you take you have to take those times and then say, God, I know better than this. Please help me remember this at all times. There are times where I hate you. There are times where I think you are screwing with me so bad and that you don't love me. But you have to remember that that's not true. Yeah, I think... That is a lie from the devil. God loves you more than anything. God does not want your life to be miserable. God works everything to the good of those who love him. And sometimes we forget that. And sometimes the devil makes use of that. Yeah. For audiences out there, I've been like silently nodding for like, past, like <laughs> thirty minutes. Um. So actually, on on that whole discussion, I wanted. I think I'm gonna actually end up reading it. Um, okay. S- Psalm seventy-seven. Yeah. One thing I just wanted to say is one thing that we haven't really brought up a whole lot in this podcast that really should be brought up is when you kind of realize that this is something that you're um, undergoing. Prayer is always a really great start. Um, miracles happen. I'm not saying that that should always be your fallback is to believe that you are always going to be miraculously healed through this, but finding that closeness with God through your turmoil is always a really, really wonderful place Mm -hmm. to go, especially in fellowship with other believers. Believers that can help encourage you is always a great um, companion with um, other things like, um, you know, prescriptions, if that's where you really feel like you need to go because of some sort of chemical imbalance or, um, really, really working on exercise because it, uh, naturally releases, um, endorphins that really help kind of combat that feeling. Um, whatever stage you're in, prayer is always a really great one. And I know it's so hard, but worship is also something. I don't know how many hymns and so, I've sang crying at night. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so that brings me to this psalm. And for anybody who got pissed off at me for voicing these, these thoughts that I hate you, God. You're f***ing me over. You are awful. Listen to this psalm. This is Psalm 77. It says, I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out with, without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. You hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. I said, let me, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made a diligent search. Will the Lord spurn me forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? 
Has he in anger shut up his compassion? Then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You, with your arm, redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. The writers of the Bible even questioned whether God still loved them. And they remembered all the great things he's done. So there is nothing, there is nothing wrong with, with being in such a low place that you question whether he even still loves you. What is, wrong to, what is wrong is to dwell on that. It's not wrong to question God, but what you need to do is then remember that everything he has ever done is for your good. He loves you with all of his heart, and he's never, never going to leave you or forsake you, no matter how low you get in your life. For, it's heavy. <laughs> for I know the plans I have for you, you know, plans for your future to make you prosperous. Mm-hmm. You know, God doesn't want you to be depressed. He doesn't want your life to be miserable. He doesn't want you to have to cry out to him wondering where he went. But mm-hmm. he, I would disagree. Sometimes it is, sometimes he wants to humble you and make you go, God, help me. Yeah, he does. That, which... I didn't. I, I wrote this article and I haven't posted it on the the blog yet, um, but I wrote an article about about these people who say that God will not give you more than you can handle, and they'll use that verse that says God will not let you be tempted beyond what you can handle, and the, and God they'll twist it you. and they'll twist it and say that God won't let, won't give you anything more than you can handle, and that's bullshit. God is going to give you more than you can handle all the time because Absolutely. you know he's. You know what he's going to do? He's going to put such a load on your back that it drops you to your knees so that you beg him for help. He's humbling you. He's going to be God like- will always give you more than you can handle because that's his way of humbling you and saying, you can't do this by yourself. You need me. It was really weird when, when um, I watched this um, John Piper lecture or whatever on um, God's sovereignty. And he has some way of making God's sovereignty feel like just this big warm hug that most people have a really hard time. Most um, people's like, God doesn't give me free will. He's an asshole. And it's like, pretty much. Sovereignty just feels like kind of one of these things that you bristle at because, well, one, it goes against completely what you want to think of yourself as, as a human being. Um, I have free will and my free will trumps everything. But he, he has this way of making God's sovereignty feel like the most wonderful thing you could ever hear because it means that, you know, he knows everything that is going to happen and he is here. And it's hard to accept sometimes, but God does everything for his glory. And that was, that was the whole and point. And for your good. That was the whole point of the lectures. Yeah, God does everything for his glory. And because of that, that means for your good, because God loves you and God created you for his glory, and he is a good God. That was the big thing. He does it for his glory, and he is a good God. 
which means he doesn't glory in death. He doesn't glory in sin. He glories in when good things happen to you and you praise him for it. And um, even bad things. Job, yeah, in Job. Oh it's my gosh, <laughs> that's a, a whole really nother ball time. game right there. Job, Job says we. Job says we accept good things from the Lord. Can we not also accept when bad things happen? He, the Lord is in heaven. He does what he pleases. To oh. you, these things may not seem good. To these, to you, the Holocaust may seem awful. And as much as a tricky subject that this broaches here with God's sovereignty, it was pretty awful. It was awful. And I believe God agrees with that wholeheartedly, but he allows humans to operate in their sinfulness in for his will. glory. If it is not loving for for God to to control your actions so much that you you can't do anything other than what he wants you to do. Um I saw a uh, video earlier when uh, Ravi Zacharias talked about that, and he said, love is not forcing anybody to do something. Love is letting people do what they will, and maybe they'll come to God. And it's a love that makes no sense. No. <laughs> to, such, to such minds that are so prone to sin and so inherently sinful, inherently sinful minds, the, even the things that we know that are good are only mere images of the actual thing. We look all around us into a mirror um, that is reflecting the true image of what God is trying to show us and what God is. And it's so beautiful that we can't stared at directly and especially in such a fallen world um and that's honestly that's one of the biggest things for me that everything around us is just a mirror image of eternity and it's so crazy um that there's so that there's so much good out there that my mind can't even comprehend and it's i don't know it's something that just feels so satisfying and so comforting. Yeah, it's weird, this question of if if God is a loving God, how can he allow these things to happen? And they, those questions are expected to trip you up. And it's like, no, it's precisely because he's a loving God that he lets these things happen. He does not cause these things to happen. I, I firmly believe that while God may be sovereign, he does not cause bad things to happen. He lets them happen because he's loving, and the loving thing to do is to not control somebody. That's I really do not, hard to I say do it not, that way. I to do say not, that God watches it and lets it happen because of love. It is a plan far more complicated. No, it is far more complicated than that. But if, if you think about it, it is not... I've got proof that God can use stuff like that. It may not be right away. But it does happen down the road. Um, I mentioned earlier that I got pretty hooked on energy drinks, you know, four or five a day. And I'm feeling the after effects of it now. I, you know, I'm immune to caffeine and stuff like that. It has no effect on me whatsoever. And, I used to be addicted to caffeine. But, you know, it's made me a much calmer person. Like, I'm not as hyper as I am just because I've gotten so numb to the hyper energy that it just 
mellowed me out, but that's what makes me and my girlfriend click together. She's very active. She's very <laughs> hyper, and I'm not, and that's how we work together. So it can be said that God let me stay on energy drinks and have as much as I did because he knew that down the road it would lead to me being able to work in something greater you know a beautiful relationship with this beautiful girl that I have and I feel like if it wasn't for me being such a calm person that she and I wouldn't click like we do yeah so see and and here's here's a verse from Romans um that discusses um how how God can somewhat seem apathetic to the sinful activity on the earth and it says um, do you presume that on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and f- patience not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance God what what are you laughing at pay attention to the scriptures <laughs> what about it <laughs> We're distracting him. Cody was doing some sort of weird look with his oh. lips, and it was really funny. <laughs> see, see, but the entire point of that verse is that sometimes God, God doesn't get trigger happy. No. God, <laughs> you know, you know, um, getting drunk. God's not going to go. Okay, he's in. He's done. God, God's because kindness. Because of God's grace. No, and His kindness in that grave. is meant to lead you to repentance. God is going to give you and the rest of humanity a chance to repent for what they've done. So, of course, he is going to allow certain things to happen to a certain extent. Because otherwise, if he didn't do that, then he'd be this vengeful God that can't stand the slightest imperfection. Although, I would say if he did that, he would be fully justified because of his... I believe that. Because of his high standard for absolute perfection, which should, again, bring us to another omit of his grace. He is so perfect that anything less than that is enough for him to... To wipe you out. To spit it out of his mouth, to want to just crush it, but he doesn't. And it's because of his kindness. God is love. God is a holy God, but he is also a loving God. Which is why he provided Jesus to take the wrath of his judgment for us. Which is another interesting thing because God is so powerful that he could use anything to illustrate how he wanted us to kind of view his, um, to kind of view our sinful nature and how we need to be redeemed. God could use anything, but he decided to choose something so saddening and so so crazy you could say as to sacrifice his only son to live a perfect life that we could not so that we could die a death that we should not and have eternal life with him he chose how is that not the epitome of love i am not in a place to where i would if i had a child i would not sacrifice him for something my little brother did i'm sorry cody it's but okay. i would not <laughs> i am not in the kind of place to where i 
I I could do that. I love my. I if I, I have stop a child. Doing dumb then. Yeah, you probably should. <laughs> We're if, not gonna offer a sacrifice if, for you. If I had, if I had a child, I, I, I honestly don't think I could ever give him up for you. Well, or it, for Ben, or probably well, even for my wife. Well, think about this. I'm sorry. Your own child. It's your child, dude. The well, hard thing that's, too, and is that's the thing. God loves you so unfathomably much. That he, the entire purpose for Jesus to be born was to die. This wasn't this wasn't Plan B. Sometimes this was God's plan all along, and it's like how you can't even imagine how much He loves you. He loves you so much. I'll put it into a different perspective. I I can't you. I can't imagine that. I can't imagine loving my brother so much that I would kill my son for you. Well, and God didn't just do it because, you know, it's not like he sent his son so a couple people around him could be saved. If you had a son... He did it so that everybody... That drug den down the street. There's a drug thing down the street? How do you know? You remember you're the one who told me you got the cops falling up to that place Oh, that really weird gymnasium. Oh, you know. Imagine sacrificing your son so that those people could walk free. Yeah, I couldn't you know, do that. God didn't just do it so the few people around him that That's a good point. That deserved okay. that, de- that quote unquote you deserved know, it. That yeah. they could get away with it. So people like that could have a chance to be forgiven that. I could so I would probably not do that to my son, no. Could have a chance at could have a second chance. You know. It really shows you how much he loves us that way. Total strangers. Two, three thousand years down the road would still be able to have a second chance, no yeah. matter what they did. It's hard because if God decided to just like wipe us off the face of the planet, he would be a hundred percent justified in that. He would be a hundred percent if that's what God decided that he wanted to do, because he decided that that would be the best course of action because of our giving up of what we could have by sinning we don't that's that's another thing we don't deserve this we don't deserve to be saved by god and it's interesting how we kind of totally change this from mental illness to our sin nature not deserving god um nothing wrong with that which which no because it's it's something that is met with such sadness because we don't like thinking that we don't deserve things um um, we feel like we don't, des- you know, we don't like thinking that we don't deserve stuff. But I mean, that's that's. Oh yeah, us part millennials being, are so entitled. No, that's part of being human. We really don't deserve anything else around us. It's all, it's all a gift, and I think that's something that we we tend to forget a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But no, yeah, it's it's a gift around us, and God's love is a gift, and what God did for us is a gift, and people around us and the fact that we have churches that we can meet and gather together and everything it's here i'll tie this into the mental illness yay thank you (laughs) you know with what we were just talking about if any of you believers or unbelievers too are struggling with depression um you know remember what we just said you know 
there was somebody who came into the world a couple thousand years ago and gave up everything for you, you know. So contact one of us at the page, you know, contact somebody you know, a friend, yeah. go to a doctor, somebody just Um yeah, you can you can message the page um and we typically respond pretty quickly and then um our website um, I only have one email address set up for it right now, um, but you can email us at Ryan underscore Davis at a new reformation dot live if you have any questions too. Yeah, and like most of us would be more than happy to you know talk about it with you because as you've heard, we've all had you know a lot of different experience with it, and I know there's a lot of different situations, but you know we've all been through it, and we know it yeah. sucks, and yeah. you know we're not going to judge you. Because we've lived it. None of us are going to judge you for anything. I'm yeah. not a part of this page, but if I dare say, share your, you know, even if you need to just open up and share something that you've never told anyone else before, just kind of get it off your chest. Um, initially, we're here as Christians, as fellow brothers and sisters of Christ, as friends. Um, as people. As people, yes, Absolutely. If you're not a Christian, we're not saying you can't share this problem <laughs> yeah, with us. Yeah, no, at all. absolutely. As, as fellow human beings who know that the mind and body are frail, and in a world full of that frailty, we we are here, and that's one of the wonderful things about the internet. Yeah, the, the internet is nice, and we can be connected, and we can um, open up. But yeah. We Talk hope with you to us. the best of our ability. We're not doctors, you know. so we can't tell you what you do or don't have, but we can definitely share in the joy and the sorrows of your experiences. And we and aren't just gonna through. give up after a couple of tries, you know. No, we are. We are dedicated. If to this. we can't we solve something, we're gonna pass you on to somebody else who knows more than we do. Absolutely. Yeah, we will see it through to the end for you. We aren't gonna give up on you if you sell us your problems so yeah and i am the girl here so Do feel <laughs> anybody out there doesn't feel comfortable talking to a guy about this that's okay mm-hmm. i man, i know i'm not man. a part of this but if any anybody out there needs to talk and just kind of yeah um, if you want to message the page or email um if you want to talk to hannah just address it that way say it's for hannah and we'll we'll make sure it gets passed along correctly i think that's going to wrap us up for the evening so so to reiterate if you want to talk with us about anything you can you can either message our facebook page it's called a new reformation or you can email us at ryan underscore davis at a new reformation dot live um we love you all and that's one of the reasons we do this podcast love love (laughs) love (laughs) um this conversation has been really deep um Mm. tears between all of us at some point or other this evening Mm -hmm. and so i i hope that you don't judge what certain things we have said um, and we would hope that you you take advantage of the the overall meaning of what we were trying to do with this podcast this evening so we're gonna sign off and do our 8,000 buys like we normally do and then and then we'll show off our new outro music so bye we love you all Hannah say bye come on Hannah bye you make us all hard come on come on say bye oh my god that's not goodbye. Goodbye, all you wonderful people. Uh, bye. Bye, bye, all you people. Bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>